If you have an interest in horses and love learning more about horses, the horse industry, teaching, or even managing your own horse business, then you're in the right place. We would love you to join us on our mission, which is to improve the lives of horses around the world through the education of riders, handlers, and trainers. So get comfortable, listen in, and enjoy. Horse welfare and safety are of utmost importance where humans have any interaction with horses. Within the courses at International Horse College, we only utilise methods that promote safe and humane ways of interaction between horses and humans. We only support safe methods of educating riders, handlers and trainers about horse welfare. Internationalhorsecollege.com, registered training organisation 31352. Today at Horse Chats, we're going to talk to Carmen Smith. She lives an idyllic lifestyle and travels north through the winter with a horse, spends a lot of time on the road as a level four Pirelli instructor. And that's what we're going to talk to her mainly today. How are you, Carmen? I'm great, thank you. Thanks very much for having us on. Carmen, it's lovely to talk to you. And you really do live that idyllic lifestyle. I mean, how many listeners are there who would just be thinking, (laughs) wow, if I could just go on the road with my horses for a couple of months every year, I would be so happy. Yeah. Yeah, yep, for yeah. sure. Yeah, it was a huge dream of mine to be able to do. So, yeah, it's been a dream come true. Yeah, well, I think when you have those dreams, you've got to actually take the action steps to make them come <laughs> true. So so I'm sure there's a bit more about it than that. And I'm sure that there's been, you know, hard times to get to the good times as well. Yeah, yeah, yep, for yep, sure. Yep. Yeah. Now, Carmen, have you got a favourite inspirational quote, something that you live by, something that you talk to other people about? Yeah, I think it also kind of relates to my travelling with horses too mm-hmm. because they're on the road for long periods of time and, and as am I. Yes. <laughs> but one of the quotes that comes to my mind a lot is take the time it takes so it takes less time. And uh, we've all all spent a lot of time, you know, float loading our horses or float loading friends' horses. Sure. And so being able to have that quote in my mind, you know, usually we get to day three or four. Sometimes it's a, a five or six day trip from Sydney to Cairns. So being able to help my horses also feel just as comfortable in the trailer and that it's a good place to be, mm-hmm, um, that mm-hmm. that quote resonates with me quite a bit. Yeah. Is that one of Pat's quotes? Because he's quite good with his quotes. Yes. Yeah, I had heard it from Pat, whether or not he's obviously could have taken it from, borrowed it from somebody else. So, um, But I have heard it from Pat, yeah. That's yeah, where I've taken yeah, it from. Yeah. So. so tell us about one of your earliest lessons with horses. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the lessons that you learned when you were younger and and something that you will always, always remember. Take us back to that day or when you learned that particular lesson. I think being able to, um, I got my first horse probably when I was about 12 years old. My nana had bought me a little photo, or it's actually a big photo, of a horse standing in the sunset. And that's what my first horse looked like. And I often think of that movie um, where he's riding along the beach, uh, that movie, I'll think of his name, the, the <laughs> golden, that black horse, black, kind of like Black, black Beauty. But, yeah. um, and the reality of being able to go, that's what I'd love to be able to do with my horse. And then there's that, the reality that sets in of being able to go, okay, I first need to understand this horse. Yes. Um, and how he thinks, how he operates, what he's motivated by. So I do remember one of my first lessons of, of a horse that had been penned up for a few uh, days. He was quite lame and I thought I'd just do the lovely thing of being able to take him out for some lovely fresh grass and the mm-hmm. wind was blowing mm-hmm. and he just became, you know, a belly, a horse with a belly button really. And I just remember, you know, being so fearful of how am I going to be able to get him home? 
Um, so really, that's probably one of my first memories in being able to look at. I really need to be able to understand the horse and read his, read his body language more and understand how he communicates a lot more. Yeah. Um, and so from that, you know, I also remember one of my first liberty sessions when you do take your halter and lead rope off and Pat says you're left with the truth. That feeling where your horse chooses to be able to stay with you and he he wants to be able to have that conversation with you, like that's that's an amazing feeling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so rewarding. And then taking that on, you know, because now mm. you're just sort of spreading that message and giving it to other people and letting them have the joys that you found with horses. What made you yeah. think? I mean, did you ever have another career? Did you ever think that you were going to do anything else or were you always going to have a career with horses? Yeah, um, my parents own a real estate company. I also have a younger sister and she's into drama with uh, kids theatre and and Mm -hmm. has her own business for drama. And uh, yeah, my parents always said, you know, you're going to go work in the family real estate. (laughs) And I did that for uh, five years. And it wasn't actually until my dad uh, had a, a, well, a health scare. He had uh, cancer and had his esophagus removed. And uh, it was a long operation and obviously it's a, a scary time for the whole family, but he's come through that really well. But my mum after that said, okay, you need to go and follow your dreams. And uh, and so I went off to Gatton University mm-hmm. and did the Diploma of Applied Science there. And then I went over to America um, and studied my Pirelli studies over there. So mm. just being able to then, yeah, I, I loved the real estate part. It was fun, but it wasn't my dream. So <laughs> off we went. Yep. Yeah. Now, for someone to work in the horse industry, yeah, what does it take for someone to be able to work in the horse industry? Because it's not an easy industry. You know, it's not just no. nine to five and yeah. you know get get a set wage and get your commission or you know whatever. Yep. Like the real estate, sure. it's a tougher industry. But what makes it that you chose that industry? What have you got that other people don't have, or what do you look for if you're looking for someone that's going to be in that industry? Yeah, my, my dad has always said, if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. Yeah. And I think, you know, I love horses. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that part of it, a big dose of compassion and love, heart and desire. And I think also from the industry's point of view is, is that we need to have a huge amount of resilience because there are in any industry, but obviously within the horse industry as well, there are highs and lows just as much as there are with the income days. So certainly a lifestyle business um, it's hard work, but it can be very rewarding. Yeah, yeah. I'm just thinking about the whole lifestyle business, you know. To, for you to take the trips, I mean, did you already have the contacts? How did that start off that you said, right, every <laughs> winter now I'm going to just go north? I'm just going to, yeah, I'm just, I'm quite, I don't like cold <laughs> weather. I'm just going to go north. I mean, yeah, that's just, yeah. What, crazy, isn't it? brought that on? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm very motivated by warmer weather. My family, my mum and dad live in uh, Cairns and I had moved to Sydney because the Pirelli Centre was here. And, uh just don't like winter. So I started just by being able to drive and uh, Facebook was a great actually resource and connector because as I would share, you know, where we've arrived at Grafton or somewhere along here, I would usually stay at showgrounds. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was also quite worrying for my parents of, you know, you just rolled your swag out beside the horse trailer kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but I would get friends and students being able to say, hey, I'm just along the highway. You're welcome to stay here or yeah, or different things good. like that. Yep. So that became quite a helpful resource to be able to connect with people. And obviously there's a lot more resources available now. Yes. Um, but being able to do the drive, showgrounds are always open for us mm-hmm. um, to be able to stop in that. And it's just finding a place that you feel safe and comfortable. 
yeah, yeah, and yeah. the horses that they're safe and secure. And do you bring your own yards or something? How do you do that? Or you rely on the showground stables? I do rely on the showground stables, but um, I also have. I started off with one horse, and then yep. he always needed a companion. Yes, and I didn't have time for a big horse, a second big horse. So I got a little Shetland. <laughs> um, so then you need extra well gates or security with yes. a little Shetland yes. in in things. And then more recently, I've gotten a thoroughbred off the track, and he's quite a sensitive little soul. That I think just being locked up or not being able to eat and graze wasn't so helpful for his digestion and things like that. So I do just travel around with my electric fencing. Um, okay. So then I just set that up when I get there and at least he gets to graze at the night time and, and yep. then I've just adjusted some of his, his feeding to be able to. Um, we've had struggled a lot just with his health and, and things like that with travelling. I know that it's stressful for them, but just being able to help him, um, I, I used a product called Rejuvenate that, just helped him, his digestion system, and that mm-hmm. made it a lot easier for him. So as long as I've got some grazing time through the night, I feel a lot happier. Yes, and, yes, uh, yes. And then obviously just grazing through the day at our stops as we go. And have you had any problems with any of the showgrounds saying you can't have electric fences here? Um, no, actually. Okay. The only pass I'd run into a place with, I, I arrived to a showgrounds and it was closed. I've oh, never I yes, had that, obviously. Yes. That always happens at the worst possible time. But, yep. no, the showgrounds have been really, really helpful. Good, good, yeah. good. Yep. Okay. Now, I know that um, that Pat's influenced you a lot, but anyone yes. else that you think has influenced you as much or tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, I think uh, through the Pirelli program we also, you know, come across our other mentors and, and my first Pirelli instructor was a lady by the name of Katha, Katha Martinier and Rob McAuliffe. Those have been two. Um, inspiring mentors for me along my horsemanship journey and from a, a business point of view too. What about horses? You've had, uh, you know, you've got yeah. your horse and your, your little, we've heard about a couple of them. If you're going to think what's the one that, you know, sometimes you get an educated horse to learn from, but sometimes it's the uneducated ones that you mm-hmm. learn from just as much anyway. Yeah, you sure do, don't yeah. you? Yep. Yeah. Tell so us- I've... Uh, yeah, I do have three horses and the current, I mean, they, I all have them currently, but my um, my current horse, Chance, he's a sensitive little soul and, and that's what I love about him, but it's also what can hold our progress as well because he is so sensitive, mm-hmm. um, emotionally sensitive. You know, he's got a huge heart and a huge amount of try um, and I love having that conversation with him, but also to help him to be calmer, smarter, braver and to use that athleticism in, in a positive sense. Um and just the, you know, the accomplishments that you have along the way, like that's been really rewarding. And and he's influenced me a lot in the sense of how sensitive they can be um, yeah. from a, from their mind and emotions, not just a physical outlay of pressure. So, yeah, that's been huge. If you're going to think, I mean, just you'd have to be pretty proud having the lifestyle that you're being able to have the lifestyle you do, you know, because you've chosen that. Like like you might yeah. say you're, you're lucky. Sure, there's a little bit of luck, but it's still something that you've chosen. But yeah. what's what's made you proud? Yeah, it is a lot of hard work. Like mm. I definitely have to be in a mindset to go, okay, I'm a single girl with three horses and a dog and I would like to drive over 3,000 kilometres <laughs> on my own. Yep. I mean, sometimes you've got to wonder what goes through one's head, but there's a marvellous feeling of travelling with your horses on the road, like the relationship that blossoms, you know, even from my dog and my horses, but just being able to be there for them and, and knowing that I can get through it. Like I remember 
there's always an adventure on a trip, whether it's a a flat tire or I had my water tank um, half fall oh, off no. uh, on the on the M1, which is like half an hour outside of Sydney, and mm. there's nowhere to pull over really, and then you kind of get a police escort, <laughs> and uh, and so that part of it makes me quite proud that I can still be able to hold my stuff together yep. and still be able to help the horses, but that they can also be good citizens, that they're able to stand there on the side of the highway with thousands of trucks and cars going past for two hours while yep. we wait on the emergency team. Yep, yep. Um, that yep. really makes me proud that they mm-hmm. can, that they deal with those day-to-day stresses too. Good, good. You said that you've had a problem on the on the M1 and you know <laughs> yep. you might get a flat tire and you might get a few other things and yeah you know the challenges what strategies do you use to get through it and I'm thinking more mindset strategies yeah, because there is got to be there's got to be a certain amount of mindset you know positive mindset to be yeah. able to even set out to say right I'm about to go on a trip and you know yep. I, I I should make it good chance I'll make yeah. it but you know there's always a possibility tell us what goes through your mind when you're planning your trip yeah, definitely an emotional and mental mindset that I need to get myself into before I, you know, get in the car. And I think also just packing. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a girl. I like to take extra, yeah, <laughs> extra yeah. things with sure. me. But um, the the positive mindset of being able to be prepared. It's not if something's going to happen. It's it's when. It's, yep. it's you know, you're going to get a flat tire. You're going to have something happen. What am I going to be able to do? Um, and I think the first thing that I say to myself is that I'm there for the horses rather than deal with whatever stuff comes up for me is that I need to make sure that they're safe first. Um, and so that I suppose in one side I push any emotions or, you know, physical outbursts that one may have and go, right, i just got to be in this moment and sort this problem out now um, that I can be there for them. And, and that's been a big study of, you know, different mindset things and, and positive mindsets and emotional improvements yeah, yeah. that we make with our horses. Now, how many years did you say you've been doing it? Uh, this is my ninth year travelling yep. on the road, yep. yeah. So, so during I, that time you must have picked up a few strategies and changed a few things, and I'm thinking in particular, you know, you're planning your trip, mm. rugs, water, oh my gosh, tea, yeah. hay, yeah. All of those yeah. sorts of things, shoes, you know, like you've, you've said about camping at the showgrounds and people on Facebook saying, look, stay at my property, it's just a bit further yeah. along the road. But yeah. what other things? How can you plan? Have you got regular stops? Have you got, you know, for someone else that wants to do that trip, what sort of advice would you give them? Or any long yeah. trips because, you know, yeah. you can go on long trips everywhere, but what sort mm. of advice? Yeah, for sure. And I mean, feet and and feed, horse feed Mm, and things mm. like that have always been a bit of a struggle or a challenge for me because then that means I need to know somebody in each town. But I suppose I have a halfway point of Brisbane um, to then be able to go, great, do I need, you know, new shoes, new feed and things like that. I can really only carry, say, three or four bales of hay at a time. I also then don't have much room to store feed all the time. So being able to have, um, you know, Better nutrition for the horses also meant that I didn't have to carry so many bags of feed around that was yep. sitting in my kitchen, kitchen of my gooseneck. Yep. Um, so that helped and being able to then not have to feed all the extra stuff 
because I was just doing it just because. Mm-hmm. Um, but being able to then make a bit of a plan, like there is a great Facebook group now, I believe, where they do have stops and allocated places for you to stay with your horses. And then I begin to know, okay, where's the local horse feed place? Google is a marvellous place for that. Yes. Um, and your maps icon there. Um, and just making a plan. Like my goal was to be able to drive, say, six to eight hours a day. This would be a good resting place for me. I make a rest stop for me and fuel and then the horses stay in the trailer and that's just they're resting. They get to, you know, chill out kind of thing in the corner of the the fuel rest area. Mm -hmm. I get time for me and my dog and then the next rest area is for the horses. So being able to take them off, make sure they've got food, water, a good hour's break and then we get back on the road again. So I think planning those rest stops is also important Mm -hmm. and making sure you don't run out of fuel. Yes, yes. Have you done that? (laughs) I've done it uh, nearly. I was empty with the trailer, but, yeah, I just got chatting to a friend and off we were chatting and then all of a sudden we've got 100Ks or 50Ks left and we're out in the middle of Whoopwhoop. So, um, yes, I'm mighty grateful that the universe did look out for us and and managed to safely get us there, but only with (laughs) a few negative kilometres. Wow, wow. Now, thinking, putting your travel aside and you, you as an instructor, Okay. Mm. And yep. you'll go and you'll turn up at a workshop and, you know, you'll see a few people that have got their horses there. What's yeah. a common fault that you see with, with the people, with the horses that you think, I've just got to get in and fix this? I think we come in too fast or hard for some mm-hmm. horses and vice versa. Sure, the opposite can be true where we are too flimsy or too light and not clear. So I think coming in too hard and fast is probably one where if we can just slow down and be in the moment and just be better at reading our horses, they're trying to communicate something to us. And rather than us trying to teach them Japanese or French, it's like, take some time to learn their language. Just slow down. We usually have horses in our life for recreation. So don't cause it to be a stressor and just be able to relax and enjoy the journey. If you're an equestrian coach or a horse riding instructor, or even if you aspire to be one, have a look at the free video series for horse riding instructors on the Horse Chats website. Go there now. Have a look. Horsechats.com. So, Carmen, that really brings us back to your favourite inspirational quote, take the time so it takes Mm. less time. And talking about people coming in too hard and too fast, they're just not taking the time. um, Yeah. 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 So it's take that time. It is, it is, mm. yeah, yeah. Come and this trip, when do you leave? I leave um, middle of July, middle okay. of July. All right. Now, yep. if people would like to contact you and, yeah. um, yep. you know, say, look, you can stay with me or keep your horse here or this is a great produce or, you know, anything else. What's the best way to contact you? Yeah, my Facebook page is a great form of contact. It's just under Carmen Smith, Yep. C-A-R-M-E-N Smith. Or um, my website is www.carmensmith.com.au. That's a pretty easy one, both of those yeah, Carmen Smith. It is. Yeah. yeah. Yep. All right. Now, before we go, Carmen, have you yeah. got a philosophy with horses? You know, you've talked about us throughout, but just a bit of a message for people, you know, just a message so that they can remember, right, Carmen Smith said this what would you like to say to them about them and about the horses and about the relationship they have with their horse? Yeah, that's wonderful. I think just being able to have a positive mindset with ourselves first and then being able to take that onto our horses. Okay. Okay. I think that's brilliant. 
Yeah. Yep. Cool. <laughs> Good words. Carmen, thank you. Thank you for telling us all about, you know, travelling with your horses and nine years, absolute <laughs> brilliant, you know, yep. the fact that you can do it and just keep doing it. And I'm sure that, um, yeah, just such a life, such a life with your horses and the time on the road. And, you know, I've travelled interstate a little bit competing and uh, yep. it's been brilliant travelling. Yeah, I've sure loved is. doing it. I just haven't done it nine years straight though. <laughs> That's yeah. All. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, it's wonderful. You know, just going away and being able to go away for a week or two at a time um, with my horse, it's just, it does, it builds that relationship. So I can imagine, you know, what you've got over nine years. Yeah. Yeah, thanks, Gladys. No, it's lovely under the stars and the moonlight with you and your horses. Yeah. It's one of the better days. (laughs) Come and thank you and um, hopefully we'll talk to you very soon and get you back on the show and you can tell us a little bit more whether we talk about your idyllic lifestyle or we get a little bit more into training and and you know talking about people and horses and the relationship with between the two be really good thanks that sounds fabulous thank you very much okay bye-bye bye if you've enjoyed this chat then please comment rate and subscribe if you'd like any changes or recommendations for guests then please contact us through horsechats.com And while you're online, have a look at the government-accredited courses at internationalhorsecollege.com. Registered Training Organisation 31352. Remember that our comments and instructions are general in nature and do not take into consideration your individual horses or your individual ability and circumstances. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please leave your comment below 